Hi, thanks so much for joining us. It's Charlie Webster here. Welcome to My Sporting Mind. This is our first series finale. So thanks so much for all your feedback. It's been really brilliant to read and we're so glad that you've been enjoying the podcast. We will be back for a second series. But the last episode in this series, we're joined by Ben, the captain, Ben Mee. Welcome, Ben. You're Hi. our big grand finale. Uh, hopefully I can live How up to it. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, hopefully I can live up to it. Um, nice, to, nice to be on. Thanks for having me. Oh no, thanks so much for your time. I know it's been a mad whirlwind year for you, not just with um, lockdown, the pandemic, not with kind of the football changes, but also you've, you know, you've had the birth of your daughter, Olive. Yeah. Um, how have you managed to deal with everything and how are you feeling about things now? And is everybody well? Three questions. Um, everybody's well, yeah. Um, first and foremost, everybody's well, which is, which is fantastic. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough year for, for my family. Certainly toughest year of my life, obviously with everything that's gone on personally but obviously with everything that's gone in the in the world as well and, and what what carries on at the minute dealing with it wise you know I've learned a lot about myself I think about how how I deal with things and how I can deal with things and and also helping my family out my wife out as well and supporting supporting her and, and obviously trying to concentrate on football as well at the same time yeah because for those that don't know your daughter was born premature um, and you decided to speak out about that um, yeah. in a in a way where it was a goal celebration really um, and you said about it's been the toughest year of your life how did you deal with that personal side of things and then have to go and put on that show on the football pitch um, yeah it, it was difficult I mean leading up to it my wife wasn't well for for a number of weeks and we were in lockdown with no support around because nobody could could come around and and then obviously uh, our daughter was born and and yeah, it was it was difficult. And I spoke to my wife and we spoke about would I come out and, and talk about it or would we keep it private? And and we we found sort of strength through other people's stories that we'd sort of searched out. And it was actually quite difficult to find people with, with stories that have, that have had premature babies. And we felt like it was a it was a good thing to to come out and speak about and, and if it helps and inspires other other families that are in a similar situation. It might not be as extreme, it might be it might be more extreme, but hopefully it will inspire people and and you know to hear me now speak and let the people know you know everything turned out quite well for us obviously we've we've heard stories that it hasn't really turned out well for for some families which is absolutely devastating and you know it, and we feel so lucky that that it has actually you know panned out how it is and and Olive's doing great and she's she's a really strong little girl so we're we're really grateful that that it has planned out and and obviously with all the help that we've received uh, medically it's, it's been it's been amazing. Yeah, I can imagine her fighting gave you so much strength as well, you and your wife. Um, you said a little bit earlier that you've learned so much about yourself. What are the main things that you've learned and what's that process and journey been like for you about your own self? Yeah, I've realised that I'm, I'm very much a, more of a positive person than, a, than I probably thought in general. I, you know, I've always thought I was a positive person, but keeping sort of spirits up and, and looking optimistically I guess as well and not not thinking the worst as well sort of if something happens and we deal with it at that time but trying to support my wife and, and be positive and and yeah I learned I learned plenty plenty about myself about my sort of my own mind and my own mental sort of strength that that uh that I've been keeping myself busy as well as one thing that I, that I needed to do as well sort of throughout the time we had times where we were sat in the hospitals and you know just needed to keep myself busy keep my, my mind active and and not really think about too much that was sort of sort of happening as well yeah I think that's one of the biggest things around mental health isn't it is like mm. trying to keep a bit of a routine and keep you something to a positive distraction what do you do then as a distraction yeah. uh, I was reading a lot a lot of books leadership books and and uh, the self-help mental books as well that, that help there's, there's a lot out there there's a lot of psychologists out there that, that write books and, and all that and 
you know, it really interests me and intrigues me the way people uh, have the, the exercises or, you know, the ways of, of helping your mind sort of grow, I guess, and, and learn about yourself a little bit more as well, which, which I found helped massively in those times where I need that time to be filled. Have you got any insight for us? Yeah, I know that you've, you know, I saw that you read a lot around geopolitics and like society <laughs> and like human well, behavior. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I love that stuff as well. Um, Cause you read in like Malcolm Gladwell's book Malcolm as well. Gladwell, yeah. yeah he's I, I, I read a number of things. Yeah. He was sort of one of the first ones that I started to read and then moved on to, to others uh, as well along the lines. And, and uh, I'm enjoying sort of, so I found sort of books around four or five years ago again really from from being a young kid I've, I've sort of stopped reading and then I found it all again and found it really intriguing more non-fiction than than the, than the fiction books but but yeah you know things that help me help my, my brain and and me grow as a person really I, I really enjoy sort of reading and expanding what I can learn recently I've been sort of reading about morning routines and, and getting up and and setting that morning routine it's difficult with kids at the minute but that was certainly something that I've been trying whilst I've been injured as well it's been helpful I've been sort of trying to just get that bit of time to myself and and have that bit of sort of quiet time I guess that you know because once the day starts it's it's a mad rush and having that time to yourself that, that hour or so in the in the morning is, is that what is you do yeah that, I've started yeah. to do it recently yeah and just getting up that that hour extra early and before the well my son gets up pretty early anyway so uh, I'm trying to get up and and have that bit of quiet time to yourself and have that time to to do something for for yourself yeah no, I think that is really important because I think you know people sometimes in the morning it's difficult especially when you've got things going on because I think that's when you're like oh you've got to kind of face the day sometimes yeah and I think yeah. also people you know when it's so hectic and busy don't take that time for themselves when it's even more important than ever right when you're so busy and I know that you're just coming back through injury so how do you cope with injuries I mean honestly on this podcast it's been one thing that's factored in so much especially in football yeah. Um, you know never mind the physical side of it but how mentally do you deal with it well I've been very fortunate sort of over the past few years that I've had very little injuries so this one that I've been out for three three or so months now and yeah I found it difficult being away from the team and you know like being part of the the group and the team and you sort of coming in more than what you would have to be if you were sort of playing every week you come in earlier you'd leave later and uh yeah you sort of isolated with the with the physio side of it and obviously you see the lads in and around the building but you're not on the same sort of timetable so it's difficult but I think for me I've, I've tried to turn it into a bit of a positive and trying to do things that that I need work on I guess you know if it's in the gym or or, or something like that maybe you know might have another injury as well along that I get get that right as well so work, work with it both and just try and turn it into a, a more of a positive and and uh yeah and look at it sort of that way rather than you know I've got this time out I thought I'd be be back earlier as well which is another thing so it's I think once you have a long injury you're told you're out for six months or so you can sort of get your head around it if you if you're out for a month but it ends up being three months you sort of you know when when we're going to be back so you're, ex you're not expecting sort of to be out that long which is difficult to to get your head around you get frustrated with it no one wants to be injured no no athlete wants to be injured at all I get frustrated watching the team and, and not being a part it's horrible like watching, <laughs> watching lads on TV yeah just you know I find it really tough and I describe it as being a proper fan, you know, when you're watching the team, like, you know, I get that feeling, you know, that probably all fans get and, you know, you just, I just want to be out there and helping the, helping the lads. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, this year it's, you know, we obviously saw you, I mean, the majority of people saw 
um, you gave an interview um, around White Lives Matter because there was a banner mm. which said White Lives Matter and obviously that's been in the news so but I, yeah. I'd just love to know how you dealt with the emotional side of that and you know especially you were really thrust in front of the public to deal yeah. with that and I think there is sometimes that conversation um, you know well it's like you're a footballer but then you have this social responsibility too. Yeah I think I think uh, football's got a real a really big responsibility they've got a big platform to to use and after that game I was you know I was really fuming I, I, I came off the pitch I, I wanted to you know I wanted to talk I wanted to say something I didn't know what I was going to say until I was sort of stood in front of in front of the cameras and you know I just yeah it, after it I was thinking you know what I didn't really know what I said so I, I was it was one of them I, I you know could have said something better or you know I didn't know how people were going to react to it it was a it was a delicate situation and it's had a great reaction and, and you know really humbled by what what has been said what you know emails from people have, you know really really touched me like and going out there and, and trying to speak in front of people you know off the cuff it, it's difficult thankfully it went okay and yeah and it's, it's received a, a really good response um but yeah I was frustrated I was angry and to see what happened and hopefully we don't see it again Mm. did that teach you something personally about yourself as well yeah yeah definitely that that's something I learned about myself as well going out there and being able to do that and gaining confidence as well in in, in sort of myself in that, that I can do that as well and I think my personal growth this year is that's been a big part of it as well for sure has that been interpreted into your game do you think um possibly I only had two games after that so it just feels like this has been such a big year from a personal side of things for yeah. you yeah, definitely. I, I've grown so much as a person and in in football life, and as a you know, as a captain, as a leader, and and in my personal life as well, off the pitch. So yeah, it's been it's been important, and that's been been an important part of it as well. I can I feel like I can speak and and yeah, and talk about talk about things openly. You mentioned your captain. So in terms of leadership, that's another theme that we've talked a lot about in this podcast. And I think it's so important because I think that people. Sometimes forget that they're a leader, no matter who you are, really, because mm. you lead and influence your social group, you know, Definitely, or yeah. like yourself, your public following, or your fans, or your teammates. Mm. Um, you know, what do you think the biggest, qual- the most important qualities are in in leadership for you? I'm still learning about about leadership, but I think being open minded and being open to other people's ideas for me is a big thing. What our squad has got is a is a bunch of experience. We've got. A, quite a, a, an old group of players in football terms so me listening to other players is certainly a big big part of my leadership and bringing people into conversations and and having that group discussion as well you know I don't want to be someone that speaks up and shouts and balls and, and does all this I don't think it helps helps as much I think bringing people into conversations hearing people's opinions is, is a massive part of, of leadership and there's so many other different ways of being a leader or so-called leader but my personal opinion is is, is trying to encourage people to to talk and communicate with each other and, and, and everyone's a part of it really for me and, and that's a big thing. What's the changing room like then? Is it like our that? Team, our changing room is fantastic, yeah. Yeah, because it seems like you've got a real close-knit team. Yeah, and I think I think it shows on the pitch. We've, we've you know, speaking about mentalities, we've got a fantastic uh, mentality within the group. We lose games, we're still together. We, we don't moan and, and, and argue about it. Things get said that need to be said, obviously, in, in any sort of team, but I think with our group of players, once we're, once our mind is is sort of pulling in the right direction, we're a real strong force, and we go on runs time and time again every year. That we we continue to win games because something clicks in, in, in with us, and we have that ability to go on 
on, on runs and sometimes we've been in trouble at the minute. We're not doing so well, but I can guarantee that we'll we'll turn it round and we'll go on a run and we'll we'll pick up plenty of points in, in short, a short space of time because of that, that strong group mentality that we have. I was going to say, like, how do you deal with that disappointment of losing the game? Yeah. Do you do you see it like that? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, nobody we don't want to lose. We're upset, but it's a game of football. No one's got hurt. No, you know, we we move on to the next one. I think with the Premier League, you have a bit more time to to think about to think about games to dwell on, especially in our situation. The top teams are playing twice a week, but in our situation, we have a lot of time to dwell on a mm. on a performance, maybe um, get it out of a system during training. But you know, we want the games once you once you've got beat, you want the games to come thick and thick and fast. And mm. but yeah, I think. Regards to a defeat, I've learned it through experience um, how to deal with that. I think that's the only way you can really sort of deal with it. Maybe early in my career, I was a bit more hard on myself. Did you like analyze? Yeah. Did you beat yourself up and analyze it before? A little bit, yeah. Probably. I watched more of myself. I think when I was younger, analyzed it more and scrutinized myself a little bit more. I've sort of eased back on that a little bit. Um, obviously, learning about myself still, but yeah, I was I was, I was harder on myself definitely. I, my first game in professional football, I gave away two penalties. So that <laughs> that was my introduction to league football. I was, you know, wow, I've got, you know, this is this is what it's about. But then my next game, I was focused. I got man of the match, and and I did that, and then I moved on from there, and, and went on from there. So, but that first experience sticks with me massively. Um, in a good way, do you think? Do you think that yeah. helped you in a way? Yeah, oh, like yeah, you know, definitely. it's important to be able to make mistakes, right? Yeah. I learned so much from from my first game. It was, yeah, it definitely was a big thing, and. You know the manager stuck with me at the time, and and yeah, and I moved on from there, and, and had a had a good season in my first sort of professional games and, and season, yeah. So, but I learned a lot from that. You know, scrutinised myself, but not not too much. Luckily, I had the game four days later, and and yeah, moved on from there. But I think analysing yourself is important and looking at games, but not too much that you're sort of killing yourself for the next game and knocking your confidence. Yeah, because I saw a manager actually the other day. I actually did a social post around it. Um, who who really laid into their player, mm. and I kind of made me think because um, there's a great book around this. I don't know if you've read it, Black Box Thinking, around yeah. actually how yeah, we should again. yeah encourage people to make mistakes because that's the only way we can grow yeah. and not actually really demonize somebody for a mistake. Because at the end of the day, yeah, like we're all human. Yeah, definitely. And uh, within football, for sort of young lads coming up now, it's it's difficult for them to get into the first team because. There's so much riding on it, and if if players make mistakes, they lose games. The job's on the line, but they need to make their mistakes to be able to to learn and grow and, and become professional footballers. So it's a big thing making mistakes. Obviously, you need to learn from them. If you keep making mistakes and, and not learning from them, then that's when when there's a problem. But once you gain and, and start to learn from it, you're onto a winner. I think. You said that you've learned a lot about yourself this year, and also being open um i think somebody described you i'm sure i read it in the newspaper about being like the a no-nonsense um you know man with a great heart um but i think also i don't know it seems like you're also quite open and that seems to be where you've grown this year are you quite open in the team is mental health something that's talked about is it prioritized is it a conversation that you're aware of i think i think the conversations between groups of players uh in general, in our club, are quite open. It's it's difficult to to spot somebody with with mental health who has mental health issues, obviously. But I think the more you, you speak to people, and as a captain, you know, I try and speak to as many people as I can just to make sure that they're comfortable talking to me if they need to. Or you know, I think we have a good group surrounding that. But obviously, conversations are a massive thing, and I think 
as a group of players, we're quite a close group. So that kind of makes it a little bit easier and very much a welcoming group to, to players that come in um, with regards to, to being seen as a, a known on. So I think that's sort of my, I guess that's my pitch persona, I guess, that people yeah. see. You know, people are completely different off the pitch, I think, than, than on the pitch. I, I, I'm certainly different off the pitch than they are on the pitch, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. You went into, like, I know you did some work around mental health well-being in the community um, with Aaron yeah. Lennon. Why was that important for you to do? And, you know, what were the takeaways maybe from that? Yeah, that's that's ongoing. Um, that's a, a fantastic project that goes on in the Berlin community. We we have, um, I'm an ambassador for, for the project and we have psychologists in seven high schools in, in and around the community. And they do a fantastic job. We had a, a number of suicides within young adults, young children around the town and the community decided to to do something about it which is which is fantastic and I wanted to be a part of it and it's doing a great job and kids around the, the project are, are really benefiting from it and mm. being able to learn how to learn skills how to deal with these issues that you might have or, or issues you might not even realize they've got but they're just going and talking to to somebody about general everyday well-being and the people there do a, do a great job and I, I jump in when I can and, and help out and meet meet some of the, the kids and, and do what I can and I want to do more. Um, this year has been a bit difficult because yeah, of the pandemic. We've not been able to, to go out and, and really do anything. But certainly once the, the restrictions and guidelines ease and we come out the other side of this, yeah, I'll be jumping back in and trying to trying to help people out again. And, and hopefully we can move on and maybe do something more when these kids do eventually leave school and, and when they've got the skills, but they, they've still got people there to, to come and speak to once they finish secondary school. Why is that so important to you? Why is it something that obviously it's it's important, massive... but why personally to you? I just think it's a massive part of, of everyday life nowadays, especially for children. There's so much pressure on them, uh, yeah. kids, young adults. It's so important, that, you know, even between the ages of, once you leave school, up to the ages of sort of 30s or, you know, you're a young, still a young person and, and you're trying to succeed in, in life and, and whatever, you know, life's going to take you. There's so many obstacles now and pressures and expectations, especially on young kids. You know, there was a young lad that was a Man City uh, graduate he sadly took his own life, you know, Jeremy Whiston. And to hear something like that a year after he'd been released from football is so sad to hear. And but maybe if he had someone there, he knew he could talk to. You know, it might things might be different. And um, yeah, I think you know these children that have got this person in the school and being able to talk to, hopefully, it can make a big difference. Yeah, it was really sad what happened. Mm. Um, you know, Tragic, yeah. Yeah, um, and it, I think it's something that. You know, I mean, it's only a small percentage of people that succeed in football and something, mm. I mean, I've talked about it myself. Um, I think I definitely have had problems with this in the past where I've put my own worth on some, on achievement. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like for him, I mean, we obviously don't know, but um, do you think that's something that football needs to encourage more to, to be open, to, to have psychologists, not just numerous coaches in the physical skill aspect of it yeah I mean I don't I don't know the setup for, for young children at Man City mm. but you know as you get into the first team or reserve team you have a psychologist around most teams nowadays and you know I don't know what it's like for for young kids growing up but that is a major a major thing for kids leaving the game and and sort of being left to fend for themselves a little bit you know and it's such a big disappointment it, isn't it it's, it's like... a massive disappointment they've got you know pressures um family pressures maybe you know they've got the sort of adulation from friends and families that you know this you football and, and doing well and and then all of a sudden it's taken away from me it'd be hard to deal with and it happens to hundreds of kids each year and you just need to they need to know that somebody is there for them to 
to speak to and encourage that conversation to be to be had and, and to be open about it for sure how do you deal with any you know are you somebody that's had low moments how do you deal with them I know you said about trying to keep positive yeah yeah but I think I wouldn't have been able to deal with what I've dealt with this year say five years ago um or 10 years ago for sure um yeah low moments learning about yourself is a, is a big part of the, the process the experiences that you go through to learn from them to to come out the other side and, and become the person you are I think I've had setbacks I've had yeah I've had low moments in, in my career and sort of around the 16 year old I broke my leg twice and that was a low moment I was out for a full year and, and that was a real difficult moment for me and something that sort of I, I look back on quite often but that was part of my football career and that sort of made me the player I am the person I am I guess now and but yeah, setbacks happen a lot when when you're a footballer. I guess you have a bad game, you, you drop from the team, you get injured. A lot of you have to deal with a lot of things, I guess. But uh, that's that's the same with everyday life. I think I think that's the same with with people in everyday life. And it, the important thing is to to learn and grow from from the those experiences that you have and and know you need to know that there's people there that will they'll be there to talk to as well if if it, if times do really get tough. Mm. And yeah, I like what you were saying because it's almost like normalizing that setbacks happen. I don't think you can ever go through life and not have exactly, new setbacks. Yeah. And well, when they the do thing, happen, yeah. That's the thing, it is normal. And mm. and for people to get down is normal. And you know, it's when people get so far down that it's difficult to bring yourself up, but that's when you need that support. That's when you need to take that first step to say that, you know, to someone to tell someone that, you know, well, come in, I'm in a bit of a hole there. I need to, you know, talk to you about it or talk to someone about it you know and, and make that first step because that's the hardest thing isn't it making that first yeah. step to to talk to someone about it and, and once you've done that you find it's not actually that much of a big deal that you need to we I needed help you know throughout this year I need my parents we actually got my parents in to come and live with us in the end because I was finding it difficult to cope they needed to come and and um they lived with us for three months and that was because I I, I needed to come in and, and help us out or help me out and and they did. And like, yeah, fine, no worries. So, great, big weight yeah. on my shoulders, you know. Yeah, it's almost and, like that preempting, right? Of, of asking for help, but actually, when you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, should we do it? Should we not do it? And then it's like, why didn't we do it a couple of weeks ago? That sort of thing. <laughs> but obviously, with everything that's going on, it was we were like we didn't we weren't sure whether we could do it or whatever. But you know, needs must, and 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 this was an extreme circumstances that we need to have that help. So we asked for it. Yeah. And I think when, you know, you said about feeling low and then you said about feeling really low and it's sometimes hard, isn't it, to to then reach out or to talk because sometimes that's the last thing you feel like um, and it can yeah. be that vicious cycle. So my final question, what would you say to anybody, you know, and, and the young people that you have been working with and doing a lot of work around last year around mental health and suicide? What advice would you give and what would your message be? My advice, I think, yeah. don't be afraid of asking for help if you need it. Um, that's certainly a, a massive, massive thing that you will find that that people will be there willing, more than willing to lend an ear or you know speak to you about it. I think that's that's a massive thing. But as I said before, the first step is the is the most difficult. But once you've made that first step, you'll find that it's it's uh, quite a normal a normal issue, I guess, or, or you know a normal thing to have, and and people are willing to to help out. And you know that's a that's a massive uh, it's a massive step. And I think once that realization comes to you that you know. Hey, what? Why? Why didn't I talk earlier, or why didn't I speak to somebody about this or about that? And you know, you'll find that it'll it'll come pretty naturally, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you. I Cheers. Mean, that's really good advice. Thank you so much for much. your time, and thanks for no you know everything you've talked about. And um, yeah, like best of luck with everything as well. And love to Olive. 
Oh, thanks very much. Cheers. Appreciate it. <laughs> thanks so much, Ben. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks to Sport in Mind for their support as well um, throughout this series. Remember, if you are struggling, there's always someone to help. There's charities like Mind and the Samaritans or maybe a close friend or family member. Like Ben said, people do understand and it sometimes just takes that first step, um, which is the hardest, but people do want to help and often also feel the same. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you've just discovered us, you can listen to all our episodes on our iTunes and Spotify page or wherever you get your podcasts. There's so many inspirational people to hear from, including Australian cricket coach Justin Langer. We had a great chat, lots about leadership in there as well. Swimmer Ellie Simmons, rugby players like Chris Robshaw and Courtney Laws and Lozo's more. And we'd be really grateful if you can leave a review on our iTunes page and continue to spread the word about My Sporting Mind. We really appreciate your shares on social media as well. And of course, you can always contact me on Twitter or Instagram. We will be back in the new year, we promise, with Series 2. Stay safe until then. And thanks again for listening. Take care.